Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing, church? Good, good. It's great to be with you guys this morning. Um, Wasn't worship powerful? Come on, let's give it up for the worship team and the entire Dream Team this morning. Awesome. I'm excited. I get to have the privilege to share uh, this morning with you guys. Pastor Eric is actually in Seattle. And so he's with the kids with Pastor Kanan and Eden. Isn't that weird? Pastor Kanan. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Whoever knows Kanan. And so very, very cool. Um, So we love them. Can can you do me a favor just real fast for those in the room and online? Can we just give it up for Pastor Eric and Lori Baca? Come on, our lead pastors in this house. We honor them. We thank you. And they might even watching right now, they might be in church at Canaan's church watching us. But I love you guys. I love you. I thank you so much. We love you. We miss you. Come home safe. Um, We know the Cali weather is better than Seattle, but it's okay. We're going to be good. All right, here we go. We are going to jump in. I am so excited, a little bit nervous for today's message. And the reason being is because I feel like Jesus has assigned me to get up in your Kool-Aid today. Just a little bit. And I'm already intense, man. Help me, Lord. For those of you that are here for the first time, thank you for joining us. Very excited. Um, If if this was a little too much, don't worry. Come back next week. Pastor Eric will be back. My name is Pastor Chris, one of the pastors here, and I'm just very excited to share uh, this week. I have the privilege. We are are continuing this series on This Means Everything. Everybody say, This Means Everything. This means everything. And I am going to be talking about today, uh, we, we have been on the passage in John chapter 14, which we're going to get to that in just a minute. But I am on the passage of Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Today, I get to talk about Jesus being the truth. I get to talk about Jesus being the truth. So before we even get into it, I want to let you know a couple of things. One, I, I know it might be a little intense, but I love you. I love you a lot. Thank you. But I love you enough to tell you what's up. I love what Pastor Eric said. We keep it real here at Thrive. And so we're just going to keep doing that, all right? So do me a favor, family. Come on, let's stand up for the word. We've been doing this every week. Let's stand up for the word. Why? Because the word of God changes our life. Why? Because the word of God is the greatest honor we have. The word of God is, is, is this uh, incredible, uh, amazing, life-changing, transformative book that is the gospel that changes our lives from the inside out. And that's why we stand, right? We stand because we honor it and we believe it wholeheartedly. So let's go ahead and go to John chapter 14, and we're going to read verses 6 through 7. I believe it's going to be on the screen as well. And it says this. It says, Jesus answered... I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, we're going to say that again. Everybody say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, we're going to say it one more time. I am the, the, and the, come on, somebody. And it says this, no one comes to the Father except through me. Next verse. And it says, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Family, let's pray. Jesus, we give this to you. We pray 
right now for this message that it would not just impact people in their minds, but it would transform their hearts. God, I thank you for this gospel and this word. I thank you for this house. And I pray that this message uh, would, would get them a little bit closer to you. And I pray, Jesus, that we would have an open mind and an open heart and that, God, we would hear what you're saying to us this morning. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So if you're taking notes, the title of today's message is really simple. Is truth dead? Is truth dead? And the reason why actually most of us will say no, right? Which is good. But, but, but I'm going to get to that in a minute. So I, I want to give you kind of a backstory of the title. And, and I'm going to try to teach a little bit. And then at the end, I think we're just going to go for it. That's just kind of the trend for me as well. And so um, in 2017, Time Magazine dropped an issue. And, and some people read Time, some people don't. That's okay. But Time Magazine dropped an issue. And in the issue, the title of the issue was, Is Truth Dead? And, and, and Time Magazine, whether you like Time Magazine or not, the truth is, is Time Magazine has been this cultural icon in our society, uh, really to determine what's happening in America, right? For, for the most part, it, it's kind of like an indicator on the way things are going, for, to be honest, right? And, 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 the, and, the, and the main point of the main article of the magazine was uh, to talk about what, what was really being discussed was, was, was the media and fake news, and there was a lot of politics. And, and so I don't want to get into all that. Um, but if you actually Google it, which is kind of funny, is the same cover in 2017 of Is Truth Dead was actually stolen from a cover they did in 1971. And in 1971, they did a cover, Time Magazine, same font, same everything, for those of you that are creative, a little bit into the art and the graphics and the design, same everything. And the title in 1971 was not Is Truth Dead, the title was Is God Dead? And so what Time Magazine decided to do is they decided to, to correlate their new magazine in 2017 to have a nostalgic feel of this question that was asked in 1971 of, is God dead? And, and, and what we, we began to kind of realize a little bit, especially in today's culture, and the reason why I'm going to get in your kitchen a little bit is because I believe that one of the biggest things we have to fight and struggle and begin to discern is this area of truth. I believe truth is going to be one of the greatest things that will set people free, but also the greatest divisive moment we have as the church. And the reason being is because of this passage in John 14. Can I tell you that John 14 is this passage? There, there, there's things in the Bible that you love. Anybody know like scriptures that you love, right? Romans 8, God will make things all work together for you, for the good, for those who love him. I love that verse. Right? Or John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that through him all would have like, life. Like That's a great verse. And then there's verses that are like, oh man, that one's rough. That's not, that's, that's, it's a good verse, but that's, that's not a nice verse. Thomas asks him a question. Well, Jesus, how are we going to get to the way? We, Pastor Jason talked about that last week, which was, it was a phenomenal message. He just killed it. It was so good. How are we going to get to where you're going? And Jesus responds that there's not a path, there's not a way, it's me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Can I tell you that this verse is the reason why people don't like us? For 2,000 years, Christians have been different. 
Since Jesus resurrected, we're going, we're going, Easter's happening in a couple weeks. Since Jesus resurrected over 2,000 years ago, this is the passage that has separated us from everyone else. If you're in this room and you're wondering why Christianity is so hard, and you're in this room and you're wondering why we're so different, it's because you were meant to be different. You were not meant to fit in. There is a divisiveness. The Bible talks about Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. The Bible talks about in Hebrews that the word of God literally separates people, bone and marrow, from spirit to flesh. And, and this is what Jesus is talking about. He, he, he is beginning in this passage to really unpack this idea that what you have to understand is that I am the way. I talked about this in my group, this, uh, I believe this week or last week. Some of you are in my small group, which is really awesome. Uh, I, I talked about uh, how there, there's sometimes when you read the Bible and you read scripture and it's just, wow, it's so amazing and incredible, but scary at the same time. It's like, what? That is insane. In my group, I talked about how, right? The Bible says that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. Come on, anybody? Come on. We believe that. Amen. But then also that means Jesus never leaves you. So we were talking about sin that day. <laughs> Told you, I'm going I'm to I'm get right in there, man. I'm, whether I'm invited or not, it's happening, all right? Like, it's just, I'm that guy that has a key. And you know, how'd you get a key? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if he's always with us, then that means every time we sin or we do something against his will, that means that he's there watching. Same time, same, same, same. Same annotation in this verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. For those of us that know the way, the truth, and life, powerful, amazing, we agree, yes, Jesus, but then we're like, whoa, that means there is no other way. And if Pastor Jason said it best, if that means there's no other way, then the truth is that then there's no other truth. And this is what's gonna get us in trouble. But that's okay, God's okay with having Christians who get in trouble a little bit. And the reason why it's okay with people getting in trouble, not in like the mean keyboard courage Facebook way that you're just trolling people. Don't do that. But I'm talking about we're gonna stand firm and we're gonna speak truth and we're gonna be salt and we're gonna be light. Why? Because in the core of who we are as people who follow this man named Jesus, that he says in John 14, that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and that no one, no one, no one, no way, no how, no why, nothing in this life can get us to where we need to go except through him. And that's going to create some good trouble. And the reason why, especially in this day and age, and you might be struggling with this, is because everyone has their own truth. So before I get into that, let me, let me, let me, let me get into some of my points real quick so you don't think I'm a false teacher or anything. Okay, let me, let, me, let me jump into this. First off, first point is this, is that Jesus is truth. So that means truth is a person. So I wanted to attack the religious people first before we went to the unsaved people, okay? Okay? Um, Jesus is truth. We just said it. So truth is a person. Let me read to you this quote by B.F. Westcott. He's an amazing theologian. He says this. Go ahead and put it up. It says, the pronoun I am is emphatic and at once turns in the thoughts of the apostles from a method to a person. First thing you got to know about this Jesus, first thing you got to know about truth is that truth is not a concept or an idea or philosophy. It's a person. 
Truth is a person. And as I was studying for this, I, I, I was praying and I was reading and I, and, I, and, I, and I was actually, I was in the boardroom in the back, right? And, and, I, and I was getting ready for this morning and, and I, I found myself just weeping I, on, Thursday, on Thursday afternoon. I was just weeping because, because I was falling in love with the man I fell in love with when I was 12 years old again. I was falling in love with this man who, who came in and rescued me and changed my life. I was falling in love with the person of Jesus. And, and, and sometimes in Christianity, we can get so caught up with the method rather than the person. And we can get caught up with what, what, what's going on and, 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 and the religious things that used to be. And, and, I, and I get liturgy and I get tradition and, and I am all about consistency, like for the standing of the reading of the word, right? And, and we do things and they're important and they're valuable. But, but what I have to understand is that there is nothing that can get in the way of the person of Jesus in my life. And for me, I want to make sure that before we even jump into truth, we understand that truth is a person. And when you begin to define truth, when we actually look into the definition of truth, it's really powerful. It's really exciting because the definition of truth, when you look at it in Greek and Hebrew, is actually such a character of who Jesus is. I want to define it for you. Go ahead and throw the Greek one up first. In Greek, it's the word aletheus, and the word is truth, reality, the manifested, say truth do truth. I love that word, the manifested. John 1, 1, right in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And then John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is what Jesus is trying to describe as he's going in in John chapter 14, he's beginning to explain to the disciples because see what you have to understand that in that time, what they thought was truth was the law. What they thought was truth was this interpretation of the law. And what they thought was truth was, was this understanding of the law. And Jesus redefines it and says, listen, everything you thought, it's, it, it might be right, but I am the truth. I am this ultimate reality of the manifested truth of God living on earth. And that unless you know me, you don't know the truth. Can you believe he said that? You believe he said that? Unless you know me, unless you understand who I am, unless you fall in love and follow me as the person who is Christ, the manifested word of God here on earth, you will never know the truth. And scholars and theologians for thousands of years before Jesus and thousands of years after Jesus have tried to find this way. And Jesus says, stop looking, you found it. Can you and I make sure, come on church folk, come on, that we do not get caught up, get caught up with a method instead of the person. Amen. We are not caught, I, I, I'm all about it but more important than how the chair looks or how the building looks or how church function is or religiosity. It's about Jesus and it's about people. It's about Jesus and it's about people. And so number two is this. Jesus is greater than every religion, every ideology, and every philosophy. Most of you guys know this, but we don't say it out loud because <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, it's offensive, right? PC culture. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We're in California, guys. You know, I'm just walking around Target saying, Jesus is the only way. Like, people are going to get mad at me. I might get kicked out. Like, come on, it's Target. Let's be honest. But I love me some Target. So 
I'm not trying to close it down either. Don't get like crazy with me. <laughs> but it's the truth. Jesus is, if Jesus says who he is, I want to read to you the Hebrew version. Go to the Hebrew version of it. Watch, this is so good. The word in Hebrew is emet. The word truth in Hebrew is emet. And it means truth, firmness, certainty, certainty, faithfulness, true-heartedness. That's how the Hebrews define truth. And so, right, Pastor Jason talked about the word believe last week is almost like the word trust, or sorry, is, yeah, is the word trust. I would say that the word truth, you could coincide it with the word faithfulness. And if any of you know Jesus in this room, you know that Jesus has been faithful. You know that he has got you through. You know that you're not supposed to be here right now. You know that it doesn't make sense that you're even sitting or watching online. You know that it doesn't make sense that your family's saved and your family's together and you have people that love you. You know how bad it was. You know how a wreck you were. You know how messed up it was. But because God is truth, meaning because God is faithful, he's going to get you all the way to the end. Come on. And so we believe this. When we say the statement that Jesus is greater, Jesus is saying the statement. If you have a problem with this, don't bring it up with me. Bring it up with him. He wrote the book. Go ahead. Ask John. He's the guy who wrote it. Jesus says, I am the truth. What is he saying in this moment? He is saying, I am greater than every other religion, every other philosophy, and every other ideology. He's greater than Islam. He's greater than Buddhism. He's greater than atheism. He's greater than, than, than pessimism. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about? He is greater than, than even forms of Christianity that have diverted. He is greater than every cult. He is greater than every philosophy. He is greater than anything that will be taught at a university. He is greater than everything in every economic system. He is greater than every government. The Bible says in Psalms that they will bow their knee and they will kiss the sun. The Bible talks about how that everyone will bow their knee and confess that Jesus is Lord in Philippians and confess that he is God. He is saying, I am the truth. I am different. I am separate. I am higher. My ways are not your ways. And if you think that you can figure me out, you cannot figure me out. <laughs> Told you. In your kitchen. Because the truth is that we can say we believe that, but then in our hearts, we have truths that don't agree with Jesus. And even, even, even in, in college, what, what they'll teach, what they teach today, you guys might not even know this, um, they, they call it the elephant theory. They, what they tell you is that uh, it, the, the, the way it works, the way religion and spirituality, they actually work. And I learned this in high school, is that imagine there are four men and, and they're touching an elephant, but the four men are blind. And so one man is touching uh, the, the trunk of an elephant, right? And so they explain, well, what does the trunk feel like? And it, it feels like there's a little bit of hair on it and it feels a little bit wet. And then, and then the other blind man asks, uh, or they ask, the other blind man, what are you, what are you touching? And they're saying, oh, I'm touching um, the, the horns and they feel sharp and they feel smooth. And then another blind man is touching the tail, right? It feels like it has hair and it's furry. Uh, and then another blind man is touching the hide or, or the stomach of the elephant and, and, and it, feels, it feels tough and it feels strong. And what, what they will tell you is that that's the religions of the world. That all religions lead to the same place. 
But all religion is blind and they're just describing it in a different way. And Jesus says, no, that's not true. He says in this passage, I am the truth. Not a secular philosophy, not moral relativity, not humanism, not Buddhism, not Islam. I am the truth. I am the truth. And this is what he's saying. I am the truth, so you don't get to have your own truth. Come on, we live in a culture in today where it says, have your truth. Be you. Whatever you believe, whatever makes you feel good. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And Jesus is like, I don't care how you feel. I want to let you know Jesus wants you to have joy and peace, but that's not a feeling. That's a reality by knowing him. Jesus wants you to have a purpose by knowing him. Jesus wants you to have a life by knowing him. Jesus don't care about your feelings. He loves you, but he don't care about your truth. You don't have a truth. I don't have a truth. We don't have a truth. Jesus is the truth. Moral relativism is this ideology that is taught in today's culture that nothing is truth because everything is opinionated. And as long as it's truth to someone else, then can I tell you that if you're caught in that trap, there is hope and there is freedom and there is deliverance. And, 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 and if you have ever wondered where you stand, can I tell you that, it, that, that God is not interested in building your house on sand anymore, but that there's a rock, the rock of ages who says, I am the truth. We don't have our truth. Jesus is the truth. Another author, one of my favorites, is G, his name is G. Morgan Campbell. He's amazing theologian, or G. Campbell Morgan, he's an amazing theologian. He says this, he says, the truth, Jesus is the truth, the ultimate interpretation of everything. When you fall in love with Jesus, let me, let, me, let me talk to the believers in the house because some people who are like on the fence, it's okay, we'll get there, I'll help you out. But for the believers in the house, if you continue to interpret things through the lens of your truth, you will always fall short of what God wants in your life. If you always try to figure out your next step based about what you knew rather than who you know, you will never make it. If I try to interpret my life and my decisions and the greatest moments of my life based on what other people have taught me or what I've seen, rather than the person of Jesus, the words he said and the things he's done, you will never be able to experience the fullness of God. You will run around in circles like Egypt did for 40 years. You will walk around in a sin cycle that you feel like you're stuck in. And can I tell you that Jesus did not die for you to be in a cycle of sin? He paid for you in full. You and I have to begin to become into this reality where we begin to look at the lens of everything in life through the truth of Jesus, Amen. through the person of Jesus, through the words of Jesus, through the teachings of Jesus, through the actions of Jesus. Family, this is not a call to fall in love with the idea of truth. This is a call to fall in love with the person of God again. This is a call to fall in love with the second person of the Trinity. This is a call to fall in love with the Son. This is a call to stop believing all the lies that are outside of us, to stop letting everything in culture dictate who you are and dictate what you do. And they're going to tell you how to do your marriage. They're going to tell you how to raise your kids. And they're going to tell you how to live your life. They're going to tell you how to lead. And they're going to tell you how to do your job. And can I tell you, they're not right if it doesn't line up with Jesus. 
say this because I know Pastor Eric agrees. From this pulpit, if it does not line up with Jesus, it's wrong. In every pulpit, if it does not line up with Jesus, it's wrong. In every TED Talk, in every YouTube video, in every 30-second Snapchat or Instagram video, whatever you watch that thinks you're, you're educated, if it does not line up with the person of Jesus being truth, then it is not truth, and it falls short. And you and I, and we as a church and as a body, have to begin to fall in love with the idea of truth again, because truth is the person of Jesus. we got to fall in love with who God is. Because when we do, everything else makes sense. A couple more points. You guys with me? You good? Point number three. Because Jesus is the priest, the temple, and the sacrifice. John 14. It's the week that Jesus is going to die. He is about to on the weekend. Like imagine you're just like having dinner on like a Tuesday or Wednesday and you know you're going to die on Friday. That's kind of rough. Just know. Jesus knows he's going to die. And in his conversation to prep the disciples about he's about to die, he tells them, this is how we're going to go to heaven and it's going to be through me. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and you got to understand this. The disciples are, are listening to Jesus. They're like, what the heck? What are you talking about? You're the way, the truth, and the life. We're Jews. We know the way, the truth, and the life. It's the law. It's the Old Testament. It's the tabernacle. It's Moses. It's the temple. But Jesus, what he said in that statement is, no, it's not. You ever argue with your kids? Dude, I had like the most intense argument with Zadok the other day. We were talking about chicken nuggets. Chicken dinos, to be exact. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you raise your kids on the air fryer now. I'm part of that game. I know. I need to repent. Chicken nuggies, man. Shoots. He wanted chicken nuggies, and I told him no because he didn't eat dinner. And so he came up with, uh, he's four guys, but he came up with like this brilliant in his mind understanding on why he deserves chicken nuggets instead of the dinner that mom made. And so he fought for me for like 20 minutes and he's my son. So he like talks like I do. So we were having, I, I was having a great time fighting with him, but he was intense. He was like, no dad, because I'm hungry and mama's food wasn't good. And mom was there. He's a savage. My, my kid has no chill, but Stoses have no chill. It's okay. And, 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 the, and our mom was like, hey. And he's like, what, mama? It's true. And right, he does the, he does the cute face thing. And right, it's, just, he, the, it's, the, it's the money maker, right? I'm like, God, help me. And he's fighting with me. You're fighting with your kids, man. I said, that's what disciples are. I bet they're doing this in this moment. They're like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Even in this passage, if you read the chapter before in the chap- this chapter, the disciples are asking Jesus questions. Bam, bam, bam. Why? Because they don't understand. And Jesus, what he's explaining in this passage is that I am greater than what you've experienced. I am greater than the law that was taught to you. Why? Because I am the law. I'm the fulfillment of the law. I'm the fulfillment of every prophecy. I'm the evidence of what you need that I'm the Messiah. I'm the way. And so the Bible talks about how Jesus, I, I, bring, bring that point back up. Thank you, bro. That Jesus is the sacrifice, the priest in the temple. The Bible talks about in Hebrews that he's our high priest. The Bible talks about that he is the temple in the gospels. And the Bible talks about that he is our great sacrifice. 
And so what does this mean? What is he saying to us? I think it is so powerful. Jesus in himself did not need to do this to be the truth because he was God. But because he did this, because he went on the cross and died, it solidified his statement of him being the truth. The reason why we can fundamentally believe that Jesus is the truth is because we have a God who puts his money where his mouth is. Because we have a God who will never ask us to do something he hasn't done. Because we have a God who does not lie and he's not hypocritical. We serve a God that's faithful. That this man came down to earth who was God in the flesh for 33 years, fasted heaven, came down with one mission, was to die and to resurrect so that you and I can be close to him. Oh, if you can just catch this, that he's our great priest. In the Old Testament, the only way you could forgive sins was you needed a priest, you needed a temple, and you needed a sacrifice. Come on. You needed a high priest, and you needed to be special if you were a high priest. You needed needed the temple, you needed a holy place, place, and and it talks about it in Exodus and Deuteronomy and in 1 Samuel and in Chronicles. You you needed the temple, and and the Jews loved their temple because the temple was the place that God uh, dwelled in. And and you needed a sacrifice. You needed an unspotted lamb. You needed a perfect lamb without blemish. And Jesus is telling them, they don't know what's about to happen, but Jesus is telling them that I am all these things you need. I'm the high priest. I'm the one that can go to the Father for you. I'm the temple. My body is going to be broken and shed and and beaten and bruised. And every drop's going to drop to the floor of everything that I have blood in me is going to be torn apart. My body's going to be ripped to pieces so that way you can get closer to me. And I'm the sacrifice. I'm perfect and I'm blameless and I don't deserve this. And they're going to do me unjustly and they're going to do me wrong. But because I love you and because I want you and because I want you to be close to me and because I want to give you access I'm going to do it if the logical understanding of truth is that the only way truth can happen is if it's proven then the proof of truth is the cross the reason why I can believe that Jesus is the way the truth and the life is because no other God died for me Every other God, I've said this multiple times. You probably heard me say this. Every other God, every other religion, every other idea, every other philosophy expects you to climb a mountain to get to them. But Jesus is the only one that will meet you in your six foot ditch. Jesus is the only one that will meet you where you're at. Jesus is the only one that died for you while you were in sin. Jesus is the only one that died for you when you were broken. Jesus is the only one that shed his blood so that way you can have a relationship with him. He doesn't even need to have a relationship with us. He is self-sufficient in himself. He is completely good. You ever have that cousin that's always trying to hang out and you're like, nah, we're good, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Or that family member that's always trying to come over and you're like, no, nah, we're, we're good. We're good because you're too much. <laughs> the definition of extra. And if they go to church here, don't say nothing. Come on, just send them to another group. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Jesus, Jesus doesn't need you. I think we've, we, because in American culture, we believe we're so important. And listen, you're, you're only important because God loves you. 
You're only valuable and special and precious because of the blood that was purchased on your life. You're only, it's inherently in us. God doesn't need us. He didn't create humans because he needed worship. He created humans because he wanted worship. He created humans because he wanted us to love him. And, 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 and he found a way when there was no way. He died on that cross. So that way you and I can have a relationship with him. He died on that cross. So that way the truth is evident. The truth is evident. Last point. You guys okay? Jesus is the one who offends and the one who sets free. Jesus is the one who offends and the one who sets free. Go to the first verse. Romans 9.33 says this. It says, as it is written, see, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes people fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Stay on the Romans verse. I said, Jesus is the one who offends and Jesus is the one who sets free. Romans says this, Jesus, it's actually a passage in the Old Testament. I believe it's in Isaiah. And it says that I'm gonna lay a stone in Zion. This is Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. I'm gonna lay this person. I am gonna establish someone who is going to make people stumble and fall and offend them. But whoever believes in him will never go astray and will never be put to shame. But then in the next verse, in John, because John just loves talking about truth. But he says this, Jesus now is talking. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I wanna tell you this morning, if there's anything you missed, I talked a lot, I know I did. If you are in a relationship with Jesus, you need to be okay with getting offended by him. I want to say that it's a healthy relationship that you get offended by him. Don't get offended by other people. Right? Pastor Eric talks about don't have buttons. Like, while they're pushing my buttons, well, you shouldn't have buttons, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't have buttons. I'm not giving you permission to be offended by others. But you have to understand that if you're going to have a solid relationship with Jesus Christ, he is the rock of offense and the stumbling block for man. He is the stumbling block. He is the rock of offense. He will cut you. He will offend you. He should offend you. Why? Because you're still human and he's God. You need to let Jesus offend you. But here's the deal. This is the relationship. But that when he offends you, when he gives you the truth, because that's what he's going to do. He's going to give you the truth. Truth will set you free. I think we've developed a culture in Christianity where we want freedom, but we don't want the truth. We want to be free, but we don't want to let Jesus to offend us. God, I want more of you, but I don't want you to get rid of the things that are bad in me. God, I want more of you. I want your blessings. I want your purpose. I want your power, but I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want truth. I don't want you to transform me. I don't want you to change my mind. And that form of Christianity is powerless. 
That's the breeding ground of hypocrisy right there. You want to know how hypocrites get born? It's there. It's I want all of Jesus, but I don't want Jesus to change or transform me. Pastor Matt talks about this a lot. I love Pastor Matt. Isn't he an amazing preacher? He's the man. He talks about behavior modification. He talks about how the definition of behavior modification is that I'll just come into church and change the way I behave instead of changing God or letting God change my heart. And if I just change the way I behave and I become a good Christian, then that means I'll make it to heaven. And can I tell you that you'll never make it by your works. You will never make it by behaving good. You will only make it because you know God and God's transformed you. And from the place of transformation that Jesus decides to change your behavior. Because if you're just managing your sin here, that's not what God wants for your life. God did not die on the cross so you can have sin management. God died on the cross so you can be free. I came to offend you, but I also came to set you free. That's what Jesus says. I'm going to offend you. You know how much of, you know how offended I've gotten by Jesus? You know the things Jesus has done? I'm like, bro, you need to stop. I'm like, you, you I can't take it. Oh my gosh, you stop tears, right? Stop. And God's like, no. And I'm like, why? It's like, because you asked for this. You sang the songs. I will make room for you. You messed up. You sang, and they sang it back, right? I will make room for you. And God says, okay, here, we're going to make some room. You can't believe this way, and you can't believe that, and you can't be in that relationship, and you can't do this, and you got to stop doing that, and you got to think different. And you're like, wait, 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 Jesus, that's too much. Stop. And Jesus is like, no, I'm not going to stop. Why? Because I love you. Because I died for you. Because that heart's mine, not yours. Because that's what you said. You told me the heart was mine. You gave me permission. You gave me access. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to offend you because that's the only way we're going to be set free. Last story, and I'm going to close. Zadok, uh, I don't know what he did. I think he hit mom or something. I don't know. We're working on him. Pray for me. Twos were fine. Threes were fine. Fours, I don't know what happened. But he's amazing. I love my son. He's the best. I corrected him. I did something. I, I, I don't even, um, I don't even think I like give him pow pow or something. I just think I, I use my words, which I guess are worse. And uh, I, I, we were in the room and, and, I, and I told Zadok he can't do this. And this is what I told Zadok. I said, Zadok, I am very disappointed in what you did right now. And immediately, bam, just, just a waterfall of tears. And if you know Zadok, he's like a cute crier. He's kind of like Nessa. He just cries silently. He's crying. And he looks at me, and, he, and, and I, was, I wasn't budging. I was like, bro, you, no, you messed up. You can't do that. I think he, like, I, I have to believe he hit mom. I don't even remember. That's how much this story, like, just blew my mind. I, I told him, you can't do that. And Zadok says, Dada, he's crying. He's like, Dada, he says, you hurt my heart. He's four. How does he even know what that means? He said, Dada, you hurt my heart. I'm like, what do you mean I hurt your heart? He goes, my heart's hurting right now. And I was like, oh, darn it. <laughs> Can't hurt the kid's heart. I'm just trying to make sure he doesn't hit his mom. Didn't mean to scar the kid. He said, Dada, you hurt my heart. I'm sad. You hurt my heart. And I was like, shoot. But I had to like pull myself together. And in that moment, I was like, Zadok, it is my job to hurt you sometimes. 
not because I don't love you, but because I love you so much, I don't want you to be someone you're not. And I'm not trying to hurt the kid's heart. That's not like my intention. I'm not like creating a checklist in the morning thinking, how can I mess Zadok's day up? But I will challenge him even if it goes real deep because the only way that he'll change is if it goes real deep. Can I tell you that you need to be okay with Jesus hurting your heart a little bit? And what I want to do today, this morning, is is I want you to stand with me real quick. Come on, we're going to stand. We're going to close right now. And I want to pray with you because I believe that some of us in here have not given Jesus permission to hurt our heart, have not given Jesus access, have, 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 have fallen in these lies of these different ideologies or philosophies or religions or understandings or, or worldly thoughts or, 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 or this is okay and that's okay. And, and what I want to do is I, I believe two things that need to happen this morning. One, I think we need to repent. I think we do. I think we need to have a moment of repentance. I think we need to ask Jesus to change our ways. And what do I mean by repent? I'm sorry, God, I was wrong. This is not a conversation you have with Jesus. This isn't like, well, God, I mean, I thought this way. And, and, and that makes sense to you, right? This is, this is not a debate. This is, God, I was wrong. But I'm sorry. Help me to become more like you. I give you permission to transform me on the inside. To, to, in the words of Zadok, to hurt my heart. And, and you know what I'm talking about. John's not going to come and hurt you, but, but he's going to come in and he might, he might offend you and that's okay. Let him, because that's how we grow. Close your eyes. Come on, close your eyes, family. Let's pray. We're going to let you go right now. And if that's you, if that was anyone in this house who says, you know what, Pastor Chris, that's, you're right. I've been dealing with these other ideologies or struggles, things that go against the word of God, the nature of Christ, who Jesus is. Or maybe, maybe you feel like you're good, but you know what? I haven't really given God permission in this season. Some of us right now, if you're like, I need to repent. I need to repent. With every head bow, every eyes closed. I need to repent and come back to Jesus. I need to repent of these things. Flip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good, 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 good. All right. Put your hand down. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray right now for my friends. And I want you to repeat after me. Everyone just repeat after me. Because some of you didn't raise your hands, but that's okay. Just say this with me. Say, Jesus, right now, I repent. I'm sorry to do or believe in anything that is opposite of the truth. right there the Holy Spirit come and convict right now you're the one that comes and convicts I pray for my friends I pray for those watching online come and convict come and move come and speak Holy Spirit we pray right now that your power and your love God I pray that we would have an open heart to be offended by you that that we would have an open heart to let you go into the areas of our life and challenge us and call us higher. God, I pray that you would send us people who would challenge us and call us higher. And Jesus, I pray that this morning we would fall in love with you, with your cross and your resurrection, with your life and your way. And that Jesus, we believe wholeheartedly that you are the way, the truth, 
and the life. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus, for what he did in the room this morning. Awesome. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.